Hey, welcome to the Equippers Church Richmond podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. What I want to do is just bring a slight prophetic word, which I think is really important for the Richmond Church as we go forward. And uh, as um, we've alluded, Helen and I came here in the year 2000 and then uh, basically located in London, uh, this area, 2001. And it was a big step for us. We knew it was a divine call, a divine mandate that God gave us to do. It wasn't just a good idea. It was a God idea because you don't come from the other side of the world when you're 52 and uh, just reestablish yourself in another country unless you really know God's in it. And uh, when we look back, you know, this was a precious time. God did not only a lot in the church that was being formed. Uh, we often tell a story that um, Monica was one of our first to come along to Equipper's Church when we started off. And this Irish girl arrived. In that meeting, there were nine people. And uh, I won't go into the fullness of the story, but she came. And uh, she was a believer, but something significant shifted in her heart that day. And we never, ever would have imagined that this guy here would arrive, and then they'd get married and you know, it goes way back. And so right from the beginning, God was actually bringing something together, which was uh, almost like a, a divine thing. And then, as I've said, just the leaders and the pastors and what God's done from that church is really quite, uh, I think, heartwarming in a way. It gives your heart just a whole sense of, uh, you know, you, you feel lifted up in your, in your obedience. <laughs> you know, sometimes you obey and things don't quite work out the way you expect, but when you obey and you start to look back now and see the fruit of what God did, um, I, I get overwhelmed and uh, I can be quite tearful. But one of the words that I've shared with um, both Sam and Nicola I shared yesterday, one of the strong words, and I'm speaking primarily to the Richmond crew, because I want you to rediscover something. I'm not saying it hasn't been there, but I think it's a vital part of your future. Uh, when we came, we always say, okay, God, what's, what's a significant part of what we do to see God move and build this church, establish it? We want to know what it is. And uh, we got the scripture. It comes from the Message Bible, and it's found in Proverbs chapter 9. And it just says, wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table, and she has set out the maidens. She cries out in the highest places of the city, where whoever is simple, let him turn and hear. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, come, eat my bread, Drink my wine, I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live, and go in the way of understanding. And really, just it goes on, it gives more instruction. But what we decided was a real key for this church would be hospitality. And initially, my wife, who's very good at hospitality, I decided at the beginning that she had the grace of hospitality. And so I would just come in and serve her. I'd be her support. And so I often called myself the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Whatever vision she had, I would bring in all the goods <laughs> to make it work. 
Um, and, you know, I didn't feel like the man of God then. <laughs> I was pushing the wheelbarrow. Would you get this? Would you fetch that? But as we, we actually empowered this vision and put it into reality, it became the very key to people coming along to church because we did it well. And it was like a key. It was like a draw card. And the moment we, we opened our heart to do it, and it didn't just happen on a Sunday, so it wasn't Sunday hospitality. It was different events. And out of it, we just saw God start to bring people in. We started to see students come because they're hungry. <laughs> they want to feed. And often, you know, you, you don't realize the power of hospitality. It's a very biblical component. And I just want to refresh that today. I want to refresh. I want to push the refresh button. I've talked to these guys. Nicola told me she loves baking. <laughs> so I think that, you know, we might just touch something. I, I think it could be really good. But it's also, the other part of it is really to direct people to Jesus. And that's got to be a strong part of everything we do. We don't, community is very powerful. Church is built around community. You know, building friendships, building relationships, just enjoying one another's company. But if we just do that, we're no different to another club. So really our aim is to this way and this way. And really in the middle of it's a cross. <laughs> Amen? And when you look at it. But we've got to right now point people to Christ. You know, I love the song we sung today and you sang it so beautiful, just leading. You know, there's power in the blood. It's just power. We never underestimate the power of the gospel. Never underestimate the importance of leading people to this man, Jesus. Because in every heart, there's a missing component that only he can fill. We can try and fill it with every other thing, but until we let Jesus touch that part of our humanity, we can never discover the way God's created us to be. And the God I know, the God I serve, the God I love is incredibly merciful. He's amazing. He's a forgiving God. He's a generous God. He's always coming under us. And uh, when we elevate and we're able to show people just how powerful Jesus is without condemning them and putting law on them, we cannot help but see people make a response. And in our mission, we know that we reach an older generation, a more mature generation, but 80 to 84% of people give their hearts to Christ before they're 24 years of age. And it's that group of people, I believe, that we have a strong responsibility to reach. So I'm speaking to mums and dads in this room. I'm speaking to grandparents. And because really, if you do not create a church that's able to reach into that group of people, one day you will have a church that won't minister to your grandchildren. And we've got to actually stretch our heart to say, no, no, I want a church that my children will want to come to. I want a church when they got older that my grandchildren will come to. And I want a church that's able to reach all generations, but we've got our understanding of how God works. Amen? So I just speak that into you. The scripture, I just want to go through, and then I want to hand over to, to um, 
Sam, is Philippians chapter 3, and it's a powerful scripture. It's the Apostle Paul probably speaking out of his own life, his own journey of what's important to him. I'm not going to go through the whole scripture, but it just really starts off, and he just basically talks about the most important thing of his life. And he was a very brilliant man. He was a clever man. He'd done things that were good and some things that were bad. But he was strongly academic. He was strongly visionary. He wanted to succeed. So everything about the Apostle Paul, he, he says, this is who I am. He came from good stock. He was Everything was good. But he just says, but the things that were gained to me, I have counted as loss for Christ. Yet indeed I count all things as lost for the excellent knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, and for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish. And here he was, he was just virtually saying, okay, really when it comes to it, what's the most important thing of life? Not money. Not your qualifications. And I'm careful, not the color of your skin. The most important Part of our journey is to get Jesus in his rightful place. And when we do, all the other things can make sense. But if we try to make sense out of our education, money, whatever, what we'll do is live a disillusioned life because it's only Jesus in that part. He goes on and he gives this powerful scripture and he just is what I just want to, Briefly shared, just five areas of it. It says, not that I've already attained in verse 12 or am already perfected, but I, might, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but there's one thing I do, is forgetting those things that are behind, I reach forward to those things that are ahead, uh, things that which are ahead, I press towards the goal of the higher call of God in Christ Jesus. And here it is. Number one, God is always calling you to move beyond where you currently are. Always. It's the nature of God. And I found a lot of boring Christians around who are in a rut. And when you look at it, and most commentaries would say, that the Apostle Paul was around about 65 to 70 years of age when he wrote that. And here he is saying, after all that he had established, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't made it. There's more for me to do. Amen? And I believe that we need to see that in the church of Jesus Christ. We haven't arrived. There's more for us to do. And I just want to leave this challenge with you. What do you see for your future that's Christ-based? Not just personally based, but what is your Christian focus right now for your future? How do you see it? Because if you can't see something, you don't know where you're going. And every time I've reached people who've actually ended up in a mess, they've done something, I'll just use the term, they've done something dumb, Right? And you think, why did they do this thing? My first comment to them is, are you bored? Are you bored? Have you lost the ability to catch a redemptive vision of God and keep yourself moving forward? Amen? And that's what Paul's saying. He's got, I've got a redemptive vision. I understand why I'm on earth. I've got more. 
I've got more. And I pray that we get hold of that. The second thing is that he moved confidently. He says, I, I lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I've learned, and it's come out of my own life, but I've seen it biblically, and I've seen it by every great biography I have read, is people who encounter God, people who encounter God, will normally bow over in humility in the midst of the, account, uh, uh, in the, midst of the encounter, but will rise up bold and confident. They will bow down. There will be a sense, I can't do this without you, God. But when they stand up, they have a Holy Spirit confidence and boldness. And I speak that over you guys, all of you, four of you. Come on, let there be an encounter with God, but let it produce in you a confidence and a boldness. Not arrogance, but difference. But every man of God, every woman of God has got to rise to a place where they're confident about what God's put in their heart. Because if you're not confident, how can you lead someone? There's got to be a confidence. Confidence is not arrogance. Confidence is what God puts in your heart. You know you've got a conviction. You know what we're given to do. And I think it's a powerful part of our Christian journey in the, in the day we live. Number three, we've got to move forward. One thing I do is forgetting those things that are behind. And uh, really, you know, that can mean two areas. It, can it could mean for Paul, I don't know, it could mean success or it could mean a problem. But you cannot go forward or simple illustration, you cannot drive your car constantly looking in the rear vision mirror. Now, a good, good driver knows how to look in the rear vision mirror to protect itself of something that might go wrong. But you cannot drive a car looking into the rear vision mirror. You've got to have a sense of direction where you're not letting your past failure, your past problems, your past shame, your past, what doesn't matter what it is, success. You cannot look at it because it will actually hinder you. Uh, and I, I believe there's so many people around who are talking about their success 10 years ago but they haven't really laid it aside because God's got more. And I believe that every great leader, every great church is able to put the past behind them and move forward into the future. Amen? And I, I encourage Equippers Church here in Richmond. I pray, please, come on, put the past behind. People come to church. Some people go. They leave for different reasons. But don't let that stop you moving forward. If you camp around the people who have left, you'll never possess the people who are coming. Can I say it again? If you camp around, if you're worried about all the people who have left, you'll never ever be able to lay hold of the people God's bringing to us. And it's an important decision. And it's a hard decision because sometimes those people have been very much part of your life. But there comes a point for the sake of the kingdom of God that we've got to lay hold of the future and we've got to lay it down so that we can possess everything that God has for us. Amen? And it's so important. I remember going back years ago, and I was just uh, um, talking, Joanna, you're on the keyboard, do you mind? <laughs> just helps me to finish quicker. <laughs> Good. 
<laughs> that would spoil the meeting. <laughs> Definitely would not release the anointing. <laughs> but she's anointed. Amen? Look at that smile. Yeah, just nice and anointed. But, yeah, I remember Helen and I were facing a difficult situation. It was almost like quite a lot of our close personal friends started to challenge us and they didn't like where we were going. And it was a difficult moment for Helen and I. And I remember being in a room and really struggling and Helen looked at me because she sort of felt I was the problem. <laughs> and she said, do you mean your decision means that we're going to lose all our friends? And I said, well, I didn't bank on this. I, I, didn't, I didn't really know this would happen, you know. So I was trying to defend myself. And, and then we sort of went to bed and woke up in the morning and she just said to me, she said, Bruce, she said, if it means that we've got to get a whole new group of friends, I'm prepared to lay it down. If that means what it takes to possess what God has, I'm prepared to lay that down. And it was, it was a painful process. I'm, I'm not trying to say it wasn't, but it was. But sometimes what we can do is we can hold on to, the, hold on to something and actually it hinders us possessing what God has next. Amen? And I, I, I just really encourage you. You know, sometimes God asks us to lay down. It was really interesting. One of my best friends was part of that group. And the moment I put something down on the altar and I said, God, if it means we've got to get a new group of friends, he rang me up a week later and he said, I am so sorry. I am so sorry for what I did. It was like God shifted something. And he's still my best mate. He's older than me. But he still rings me out. We still talk. We're still friends. Different parts of the country. But that's how God works. Amen. I don't know why I told that story, but I think it might be for some people. Move intentionally. Number four, you've got to reach forward to those things that are ahead. It's an action, it's a commitment. It means that you've got to put things in place. Sometimes you've got to change the nature of your life to possess what God has. You know, say, okay, I, I, I don't think we need this in our life. We can do this, amen? And I think it's, a, an, it's an action. And then finally, we well, want to finish and then we're going to hand over to Sam. He's just going to give us a little charge. Is we're going to move upward move beyond was number one, move confidently. Number two, move forward. Don't look in the rear vision mirror. Number three, move intentionally. It's an action. But also number five, move upward. I want to tell you a story and it'll illustrate. I, just before I came out, I had to delay a week because my brother-in-law died. He is two years older than me. He was 77. He suffered from a sickness from a number of years, I won't go into the background of the sickness, but he had gone through an incredible pain. And I can't explain just the depth of what he went through. It just sort of, I'd cry and go into his room and I'd say, come on God, why, why won't you heal him? But the more pain he went through, 
the more pain, the more pressure he faced, the more loving he became. It was almost like God was allowing, God was allowing this pressure to come against him. And so for two years, he's made this statement. He said, I, I, I'm ready to go home. I, I just want to go and be with Jesus. Why? Because he was always looking upward. He was always looking upward. He, he just, I want to go. I want to go and be with Jesus. And then he made this statement. He says, if Jesus won't take me, he said, I've got to continue to reach people for Jesus. God's got me here for a reason. And I'm telling you the truth. This is the truth. He would be under immense, immense pain. Immense pain. To the point you would want to cry because of the pain he's under. But the nurses and the doctors would walk into his bedroom and start crying because of the love of God. The love of God. He shared Christ to the last week of his life. He never ever let his pain be self-centered. He was able to take his pain and point people to the love of God in his life. I, I, I often look and I think, could I have ever done that? I don't know, I don't think so, I don't know. But the number of people who were ministered to by the pressure of this man's life simply because he could look beyond. He knew that his body was coming to an end, but he lived life with an eternal hope. That's what Paul was saying. I press towards the goal of a higher call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. I know that one day this body will stop and there's something beyond is my hope. And I speak to you in the room. This is how my wife greeted 2023. This is what she said. She said, Bruce, if you do incredibly well, you've only got 20 years left. That's incredibly well. It would make me 95. If I do reasonably well, 90. 15 years. But who knows? Because you can think it's going to go forever when you're this guy's age. You think, nah, nah, man. <laughs> the world was way different. Wait, wait. Uh, was made for me and you know I'm in it and I'm, I'm living but what carries you beyond is to live with an eternal hope that you never ever allow to disappear from your heart Amen and today Father I just pray over every single person in this room and I pray that this church would be a church where people come into and they would somehow experience this wonderful hope that only comes through the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it would be strong within everyone's hearts. I pray right now for anybody in the room who perhaps doesn't know Jesus personally. Perhaps today would be a day where they just reconsider their relationship. 
how they live. Perhaps it might be a defining moment for them. But I pray, God, you would speak. I pray right now over every disillusioned heart, every heart that right now feels any sort of pain. I pray that you would break in, you would minister. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would heal people in their bodies and even in their disillusionment. I pray right now, God, that you would restore relationships. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would do something that is way beyond what we could ask or think. And right now, as I end my prayer to you, Father in heaven, I ask that you position this church in Jesus' name, that it becomes a stronger channel of your grace, channel of your blessing, channel of of forgiveness, reconciliation. I pray it become a channel where people will be equipped, inspired. It'll be a a place where people grow. They feel invigorated. It's a place where people can cry. It's a place where people can laugh. It's a place where people can be forgiven. It's a place where people feel as though they're believed in. It's a place where they leave every Sunday and feel edified. It's a place where they feel as though that something significant is happening in them that it can happen in others. And right now we prophetically speak it. We declare it and we ask for your divine intervention that we would all grow and stand up and Father become part of your godly answer in Jesus name Amen Good Your microphone I'm done Come on let's give Pastor Bruce a hand Thanks for tuning in and listening to today's message If you like what you heard why not subscribe or share with a friend or family member To find out more about Equippers Church head to equippers.co.uk